Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and turn with us to the book of Luke and the 15th chapter. We're going to begin reading at verse number 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they begin to be merry now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew nigh to the house he heard music and dancing And he called one of the servants, and he asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father have killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, These many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandments. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother 
was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. This morning for a little while I'd like to speak to you on the subject. Ain't no place like home. In this parable Jesus tells us the story of a young man who couldn't wait to get away from home. And he makes a very selfish demand to his father. He takes his inheritance and he heads out for a far country with the attitude, I am going to live it up. I'm going to be free from the restraints of my father and all of his rules. But what he finds in the far country is not what he expected to find. Oh yes, we'll be honest with you, friend. He found some good times there for a while. He found some pleasure in sin. The Bible tells us that there's pleasure in sin for season. That's all he found. But the rest of that story is that sin never has a pleasant ending. He found friends, but when his money ran out, the good times and the good friends ran out too. He finds himself living with a pig farmer in a far country, working day by day, feeding the pigs. He's broke. He's lonely. He cares nothing about himself. When he finally reaches the bottom, he comes to his senses and he remembers how good things had been at home. He remembers there in that far country, ain't no place like home. He returns home, makes plans to come home and to be a servant in his father's house. But when he returns home, he finds that there's more there than he ever bargained for. He found out as soon as he got there, ain't no place like home. Amen. He returns home with a plan. My friend, he finds that everything and more than he could expect was waiting on him there. The prodigal son found that a person most definitely reaps what he sows. This young man made a very cruel request when he said, give me the portion of goods that falleth me. In so many words, he was wishing his father to be dead. So my friends, whether you are lost on the high hills of sin or you're lost in the house like this prodigal son's brother, you need to know that you can come home. If you're like the elder brother, you can come home too. Regardless of where you are this morning in the walk of life, you need to know ain't no place like home. Amen. There's a loving father at home. While he was in the far country, this boy really had no one to care for him. When he arrives at home, the very first one that met him is his father. The very one that he had disgraced and dishonored many days earlier. 
This verse tells us something about the nature of our Heavenly Father who waits for you if you're backslid on God. If you've never been saved, there's a Heavenly Father that's got His arms outstretched ready to welcome you home. This father that I read about in the book of Luke, the 15th chapter, was a concerned father. Amen, I see this son coming down this road. He's dressed in rags of filth. No doubt the odor from the pig pen is all over him. Still the father sees him while he's yet a great way off and he runs to meet him. Can you see this father as he spends his days looking down the road for just a glimpse of his son? He saw the son walk away. We don't know how long ago. And I can see him as he steps out of the house every day and looks down the road in hopes that this son will be coming home. He spent his time since his son left Waiting, watching, hoping for his son's return. In spite of the fact of where his son had been, he wanted him to return home. He still loved him. And so it is with you. If you're here this morning without God, in spite of what you've done, in spite of where you've been, there's a God in heaven that still loves you. There's a God in heaven that still cares about you. And his word says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. What a picture this paints of our heavenly father. Just like this father, God sees us when we return home. Amen. But he also sees us while we're out there wondering, in that far country of sin. And sinner friend, I believe if you'll just look over your life, uh, God's been good to you. Uh, There's times you could have been called out into eternity, but because God loves you, he sent his guardian angel to watch over you. I want to save that boy someday. I'll save that girl someday. Oh, how God... uh, has been good to every one of us. Amen. God saw him while he was wandering in the far country of sin. He sees us as we waste our substance with riotous living. He knows what we are and he sees all that we've done. He still desires that we return to him. God is a concerned father who loves those who are out in sin. For God so loved the world. He just didn't love the world, but he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the Bible tells me in the book of Jeremiah and the 31st chapter and verse number three, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. It was the loving kindness of God that drew each one of us down to an altar of prayer. 
Amen. As I look at this story, I look at a father who was a compassionate father. When the father sees his son returning home, he surely doesn't look like he did when he left home. He doesn't smell like he did when he left home. But when the father sees him, guess what? He forgets the hurtful things that were said. And an instant of time, he forgets the wasted resources. He forgets those lonely, broken-hearted days, the sleepless nights while his son was away. Will he ever come back home? And here comes the son slowly and humiliation. When the father sees him, he runs swiftly in excitement to meet him and kissed him. Amen. This son didn't come with the bottle in one hand and the harlot with his arm around her. He left those things back there. That's what it takes to get saved. Leaving sin behind. He didn't try to bargain with his daddy and said, I'll tell you what, dad, I'll come back if you'll let her come with me. I'll come back, but I'm going to take the bottle with me. No, he comes in humiliation. Why all the excitement? Because the father has been carrying the boy in his heart since he left home. Now he doesn't have to hold a memory. He can embrace the reality. He runs. Did you know, my friend, that was totally out of character for older men to run in the east. That was considered beneath a man's dignity to run. But he meets him and he falls on his neck, kissing him. Again, this father's a picture of the heavenly father. He too responds in compassion to all those that will return to him in repentance and faith. When a sinner takes a step of faith towards God, he moves in great leaps towards the sinner. In the book of James, the fourth chapter, and verse number eight, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I'm glad, friend. It's not hard to get saved if you want to get saved. It's not complicated if you want to get saved. All you got to do is be willing to turn from the life of sin. Place faith in the Son of God, and he'll make you a new creature where old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Praise God forever. I'm glad God is able to run to us, receive us, and kiss us back into his sweet fellowship because he literally interposed himself between us and the wrath of God upon the cross of Calvary. According to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 21, for he hath made him to become sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. When Jesus died on the cross, he took the penalty of your sins. Now the way is open for every individual to come to him in salvation. 
I can tell you, friend, if you'll come to him, God will not turn you away. I can imagine the fear that must have been in this boy's heart as he headed home. It's clearly seen in verse 17 through 19. He wanted to return home as a hired servant. Amen. If you look in the history of this day, the servants were lower than the slaves. Slaves often came to be considered as a part of the family. Hired servants, on the other hand, could be dismissed at any time. He feared no doubt being turned away. But he found a father who loved him and was filled with great compassion for his boy. My friend, if the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and shows you your need of being saved, you need not fear turning to the Lord. Why? The Bible says in the book of St. John and the 6th chapter and verse number 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Amen, that's your promise. Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. If you'll come to him this morning in repentance and faith, he will in no wise cast out. Oh, friend, if you could just see it as it really is, if you could experience what I'm talking about, every one of you that's away from God, every sinner, every backslider under the sound of my voice would agree, ain't no place like home. Amen. The son returns home with a prepared speech for his father. But the father interrupts him to declare that all is forgiven. He never does even finish the speech. Amen. God knows the heart of an individual. Amen. It's not in the words that you say. Amen. He knows the heart of an individual. And when you meet those conditions in your heart, God will save you. The father's statement in verse number 22 proves that all is forgiven. Forgiveness involves purity. Here stands the son and the rags of his sins. He doesn't look like the child of his father. But the father orders the best robe to be brought and put on this son. This robe would cover all the stains of dirt from the pig pen. This robe served to erase all the visible signs of this boy's sinful past. And so it is with an individual today. When they really get saved, God puts a robe of righteousness upon every sinner when he repents of his sin. According to Isaiah 61 and verse number 10, he said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. When a sinner comes home, they receive a robe from the heavenly father. This righteousness 
is not the righteousness of good works and human goodness. No, this is the very robe of righteousness Jesus imputes to us when we repent of our sins. The kind of righteousness that the Apostle Paul talked about in the book of Philippians and the third chapter in verse number nine, where he said, and might be found in him, having not mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Friend, when we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ, all the pain and the stain of our past is forever washed away. All the dirt, all the filth of sin is forever washed away from us. This forgiveness involves privilege. Amen. After the robe came the ring. The ring was a symbol of sonship and authority. It was not adornment. Amen. The one with the ring could speak for the Father. The one with the ring had access to all that belonged to the Father. Friend, the one with the Father's ring was in position of great privilege. Amen. Reminds me of the scripture found in the book of 1 John, the third chapter. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When old lost sinners repent of their sins and come home to Father, they're given the great privileges of being recognized as sons of God. They're given the privilege of speaking for their father. And when we come to the father, he opens the storehouse of his grace and gives us everything that we need. What a privilege belongs to those who come home to the father. Forgiveness involves position. The father calls for shoes to be brought for his son's feet. Only slaves went barefooted Sons wore shoes. This boy returned home desiring just to be a hard servant. But his father is determined to recognize his position as a son. In this boy's eyes, he doesn't deserve to be a son. He deserves to be a hard servant. But the Bible says, the father said, this my son. Not my slave, not my servant, but this my son. And there's fellowship at home. After the son has been covered and restored to his place in the family, the father calls for the fatted calf to be slaughtered. This calf was kept for the sole purpose of a great celebration for entertaining honored guests. The father calls for the celebration because he wants fellowship with his son. This hadn't been possible before 
because his son was one that was dead. But notice, what's caused the fellowship between man and God to be broken? Listen, Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins, not Adam's sins, your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Thank God there's fellowship, not only with God, but when you have fellowship with God, you have fellowship with the family. This morning, you get to write the final paragraph of your story. How it ends will be determined by what you do with the call of the Lord in your heart. I wonder this morning, have you found yourself down in the pig pen? Why not give that pig pen a permanent way goodbye and come home to Father? I'm telling you, friend, God will receive you. He'll erase your past, restore you to a place of rejoicing. Maybe you're here and you're like the elder brother. You're in the father's house, but you're not having a good time. Maybe it's time to come on down to the feast. Maybe it's time you come to your father and renew those vows. Friends, regardless of where you are this morning, I tell you, friend, ain't no place like home. If you're in a far country, you need to come home. If you're out in the Father's field, but lack the kind of love that you need for the Father and your brothers and sisters, you need to come home too. The door is open. There's a table spread. And the Father is waiting for all those who come. Regardless of where you stand this morning, if you could see the Father, you'd see him standing with arms spread, calling you to him. Won't you come to the Father? Won't you come home? Ain't no place like home. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.